0: preach and to um, but also to intermingle with it some of the events and testimonies and remembrances of Beacon Church over the past 20 years and um, Paul and Kay Derek Margaret and myself and um, I think that's about it who were part of what was then known as Sea Street Chapel you was there sorry April but the one or two who wanted you excommunicated. Do you remember that? <laughs> we, we won't mention any more about that, but um, yes, you were, April, and uh, we were so glad that you were. Um, but yeah, and, and there we were. We was doing our own thing in our own way, and we believed God was with us, and he was. God was with us. But God had other ideas, you know, at that time, and um, it's amazing how, how they came about. There we were, and um, so at that time, uh, New Life at Whitstable decided to plant a church into Herne Bay, and they did that, I think, I believe, by uh, meeting as a group together in-house, in and then came the time when they wanted to have a little bit of a, more space to meet in. And so we weren't using Sea Street Chapel um, in the evening, so they approached us and said, can we use it in the evening? And we said, yeah, we're not using it, you can use it. And then the time came when um, Beacon Church wanted to actually start a a meeting in the morning. Now, C Street Chapel were having a meeting in the morning, a family service. And then Beacon Church wanted to have a family service in the morning. So um, we at C Street Chapel discussed amongst ourselves what would happen, and some weren't happy that uh, That the Beacon Church should come in and take over completely and so uh, um, Fred said well we've been given the offer of Hampton School and so uh, when Fred went to Hampton School they couldn't have it anymore that was one of the first indications that I had that God was doing something and so we at C Street Chapel sort of talked about it it wasn't 100% agreement about it but we felt that yet it was right for Beacon Church to start a family service. And so I said, and I knew that it's not good for two sort of groups, two churches, to be sort of working in the same building. It almost gives the the idea that um, there's two visions or two things that people wanted to do. And so uh, there was, I felt personally that I should lay down my eldership and um, that Beacon Church should come in and take out. That's just the story briefly at that time. But there were a couple of other things that were very significant. A couple of other things that were significant at that time. But working as an electrician, um, Iris had a cooker that went wrong. And um, I didn't really know Iris at that time. And so I went to Mentor cooker. And that was all well and good, and I did that. And I think Iris was able to... Um, cook Freddy's typical Kentucky meal again. Um, and uh, I think it's about a week or 14 days later, um, I had a phone call from a Phil Reynolds. Would I come and look at a storage heater in his house? And I thought, and uh, having talked to Phil, um, I realised he was part of the beacon setup. And I thought that Fred and Aris had recommended me to Phil and Chris, and they hadn't. But God had introduced me to two people that I hadn't arranged, that they hadn't arranged, but God had arranged. And so my daughter has had this right from when she was in her teenage years. And I still keep it up. Coincidence is when God works a miracle and decides to remain Anonymous. And that stuck with me ever since, you know, that that God was at work here. That's all I could say, God was at work. And so you had to follow the plan. And God worked it out from there how it happened. So that's how it became. Can we get that photo up, Paul, of the early Beacon Church group? There they are. You might not be able to see them very well. You shut out the light for a minute. Did you close that curtain? Let's try and get a better look at it. Steve, could you handle that mic there, wandering mic? Gerald, did you have anything to do with naming Beacon Church? Would you like to say something?
1: been saying, in the build-up uh, to uh, uh, the Beacon Church, um, what, it wasn't called Beacon Church at first, and, right. and so it was necessary to have some suggestion, what sort of name should we have? because originally it was called Ebenezer Chapel mm. and uh, uh, and so on, and so uh, several suggestions were made and one of was the beacon, and uh, and that reached approval with other people, and so Beacon Church began a new name.
0: Thank you, excellent. So that was um, yeah. Can I just say that uh, we had a competition of names. That we had about five names put up, and. Uh, Gerald's was the one that was chosen to be the name. Right. We had some other names as well. (laughs) Okay, Fred, well, you're the biblical man. Can you find me the scripture where it says you should have a competition for churches to choose? We made our own rules. You made your. Well, I, I, I think that was our concern when we first met that the people of Beacon Church were making up their own rules as they went along. But however not, and you know things grow on you and you become realise that really, together, we're all about the glory of Christ and establishing the truth of God's word in our day and in our society. And so from there, um, it went on. You see a young Fred there, most definitely, and one or two other people met, and the banner there, Beacon in Herne Bay. Okay, Paul, thanks. It's, um, it's amazing how things work. And, We've got an emblem now. It's not that one, but um, we've got a nice cake outside there that has the, uh, has the emblem of our now, uh, for now, Beacon Church at the moment, the present time. So uh, that's roughly how it started, and now we're here. And now we're here. That's just a little bit of the history of the start. We're now going to read from God's Word. Um, if you've got a Bible, if you'd like to turn to Joshua 1, it's in the Old Testament. recent weeks we've been reading in Genesis um, about Abraham and from Abraham uh, we come down through some generations uh, to Moses. And Moses becomes um, through miraculous and wonderful ways of working he becomes a leader uh, for the Israelite people and um, a very strong and powerful leader and um, we come to this point now where Moses has come to the end of his life and to the end of the purpose which God had for him. And we're just going to read and see some things. Because this is a very tremendous turning point in the history of the Israelite people, where the leadership changes from Moses to Joshua. We've had leadership changes in recent years. And so what was in the past was good and right, but now there were new things to look forward to, a different focus, a different emphasis, And the people of God weren't really aware of how this was going to be worked out. But it's necessary to be a change of leadership. And so we begin the story where Moses dies and Joshua, who had been um, working alongside Moses for many years, it comes to the point of time where he's going to take over and God is going to use him to fulfil his purpose for a new generation, a new time. And uh, the... uh, the, the time of living in the wilderness for 40 years became a situation where the wilderness was now living in the people. Dry and thirsty people. They were ready for a change. They were ready for a new experience. They were ready for God to demonstrate the power of his presence amongst the people. And these changes are significant. And um, for us at, Beacon Church, at um, C Street Chapel... Um, This was wondering whether God was going to manifest his presence in a different way, and he did. So we learned new things, and we learned very great and wonderful things. So let's uh, read this story in uh, Joshua 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. You remember God had promised this to Abraham earlier about his his successors, his generations coming after him, and also about the land that they would inherit. So we've come to this place where they're going to now uh, take it. Verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon... See, this I have given you. Can we take that as Beacon Church? We've set our foot in Greenhill, and God will give it to us. I remember Graham Ralph uh, preaching the message God, give us Herne Bay. And I believe that that's carried on, but it's been more specific now. It's Greenhill. And Derek's had a heart for Greenhill. And he stayed here and he's worked in many different ways, especially with the children. And this is the ground where God wants us. You have to be in the place where God's working. And we believe he's working. So let's remember that verse. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. And when we go out to pray this week, let's pray like that. This, this, This ground's God's ground you know this this is a ground for blessing this is the ground for turning this is the ground for experiencing new life in god in christ jesus let's go out with that thought that we're taking and gaining ground do you know it's a privilege and quite an amazing thing that we're here in this school it's really amazing Now, God went before us. You see, God promised the land, and then they took it. And at some point in time, God wanted the land, and so we're here. And we've taken it, and we're taking it, and that should be our continuing theme in this journey. Verse 4, From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory no man should be able to stand before you all the days of your life just as i was with moses so i will be with you i will not leave you or forsake you can this leadership take that to be the case you know no man should be able to stand before us the days of our lives and we as the church of the living god that we have that sense of authority and vision, and purpose given by God in this place. Pray that too as we go around. Lord, you, you have put people and, and power in place for Greenhill. And he has. Verse 5, No man should be able to stand before you all the days of your life. That should be the mark of the church in today's society. No man can stand against it, and in a sense, no man can. In our prayer this morning, it was prayed, you know, the gates of hell will not be able to come against it or stand against it because this is God's church. He bought the church with his own life, with his own blood. He's not going to let it go and let it be destroyed the church's one foundation is Jesus Christ her lord. And he says just as I was with Moses so I will be with you I will not leave you or forsake you. Remember Jesus has said those words here's a truth that carries on through in God's purposes for time and history I will never leave you or forsake you. Does anyone feel left or forsaken this morning? You might if you feel left or forsaken, the words of Jesus were just to reiterate God's amazing truth to us a personal truth I will not leave you or forsake you. Take hold of it, take hold of it. Verse 6 Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. You know, as Beacon Church and as churches, we should be, as certain about how important the word of God, that's what we have in our Bibles, is for us. It should be carefully studied. It should be digested. It should be eaten. These are words taken from people who said this. I think it was David the Psalmist, your words I've eaten, or someone else said it anyway. It should be part of us. And I just want to challenge you this morning... How important is the Word of God to you? Because with a vision and a purpose, we dare not move a step forward without the direct guidance and intervention of God. What God thinks is in our Bibles, how God reacts is in our Bibles, how God moves towards people is in our Bibles. The heart that God has for people is in our Bibles. But what's in our Bible about all those things, most importantly, is seen in Jesus. Because he declared all those things through his life and death to us. So that makes it accessible. That makes what God is and who he is and all that he can do so accessible to us this morning. And so we come with a sense of, I know him. I know that person it's funny we like to name drop don't we sometimes you're talking in conversation you say well I know that person I mean like the same to Jesus they're talking about you could say I know that man he's the best person I know he's the greatest person that ever lived our God our Jesus verse 9 have I not commanded you be strong and courageous do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go I'm just gonna leave it there for a minute. I just wanna make a point about the people of God. If you've got a Bible and turn to Deuteronomy thirty two and verse nine. For the Lord's portion, I'm reading from the NIV at this moment, for the Lord's portion is his people. The Lord's portion is his people. God's not going to do anything significant in his church with, only through his people with a vision. He will use other people to bring that about as has been the case through the old testament god used men who weren't particularly godly and who were opposed to god to fulfill his purposes but specifically in these days the days of the church the days of the holy spirit god uses his people we have to know that we're the people of god if we think that we're not different, we're going down the wrong road. But also, if we think that we are so different that we come proud about it, we'll be going down the wrong road. This is one of those things in the Bible that two truths apply. We're different, but we're no different. We have to know that we're the people of God. Otherwise, we may not move forward. The Lord's portion is his people. His people that he wants to work with his people that he wants to move with. Do you see us here as Beacon Church in Green Hill School, the people he wants to work with? It is. We have to know who we are. That's my first point. You know, we saw Abraham, the promises, the generations. It comes down to Moses and now to Joshua. And he reminds us, he reminds them that there they actually are at that time, the people of God, and God was going to work with them. The people of God is very important to see that. The next point I want to make is, some things have to die. Some things have to die. In a sense, Sea Street Chapel died. Not the people, <laughs> thankfully, but just what we were doing. All right. Now just look at Moses for a minute. If you go back to Deuteronomy now, Deuteronomy 34, I just want us to spend a little bit of time on this. It's headed the death of Moses. Moses was a strong man, he wasn't decrepit, he wasn't suffering. His eyesight was good. God tells him he's going to die, so he climbs Mount Nebo to do it. I think we've heard before preachers and things and sort of uh, talks upon men who take mountains in the Bible have an advantage. Now, this is a different sample of the story, isn't it? Moses is told he's going to die, so he climbs Mount Nebo with all his strength. He says, Lord, I'm here, I'm ready to go. That's not the way we do it, is it? We just go on holding on to life the whole time. But what a man. What a purpose. But it just highlights a principle, doesn't it? That when we're in the purposes of God, some things have to die. And I say that because sometimes there are things we want to hold on to. It could be a particular way we think about things, even in the context of Beacon Church. We're holding on to something that we don't think they are doing right, you know, or we make fun of other things that we decide to do. And there are some things that have to die. In a sense, tree at Sea Street Chapel, I, I just felt that, you know, that you know something is not it's not worth of carrying on, so it's got to stop. I can't re it wasn't worth... It was worth carrying on for one reason, but when God's got a plan and a purpose, it has to stop so that the new may take over. The same thing happened when we moved here from C Street to here. Life at C Street had to die. And we had to raise up new life here, in a sense. The principle is in the Bible that through death, life comes. More poignantly... The greatest thing that ever happened was Jesus proving this point by his own life. And we say this because what he was doing, actually, Jesus was doing a death for all of us. He didn't only die for us, but he died as us. He died as us. And when we want to become a child of God... And we realise that we just can't even meet that standard by our own strength. We realise that Christ has died for us. His life has been laid down wholly and completely so that we might live. And Jesus emphasised this by using a little illustration. He said, if a seed pulls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings more fruit. This morning, we can sort of praise God on fruit that's happened. Can we get the picture of Dulcie up, Uh, Paul? There, if you remember Dulcie. It says the best resolution is something, 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 something. something. We really like that. Here's Dulcie. Aris, just come and tell us something about Dulcie when she came in, she just walked in, Dulcie just walked in off the street into Beacon Church.
2: Yeah, she'd met Kay, Dulcie was very depressed. Um, She'd had a lot of family problems and falling out with family. And she talked to Kay and Kay had said, why don't you come? And she kept saying she would, but she didn't. And then one Sunday she just walked in And she sat next to Paul's mother, Irene, who was in the church. And after the service, she just sat there. And I saw them, Irene and Dulcie, crying. And I went over and I said, what's the matter? And Dulcie just said, I have never felt God so much in my life. She said, it's when I walked in here. And what I want to know is when I go home, will it still be the same? It was so amazing. And, and she was hanging on to Irene and just um, crying. And from that day, Dulcie's life completely changed. She was the most happy, joyful person that we ever had in the church, I think. She was just so full of the Lord. It was just instant, complete change in her life. And, and, and that was Dulcie. and she just loved the church. And everywhere she went, she witnessed to the Lord and I'd go shopping with her in um, Safeways at the time, and, and she'd talk to the uh, cashiers, and they'd say, you're very happy this morning, and she'd say, yes, that's because I'm a child of God, she'd say, <laughs> and that was our Dulcie, and Thank we you. miss her. Yeah.
0: Thank you. That's right, yeah, just in case. And then there's another lady sitting here at the front, there's Barbara. I think she was watching the television, and she saw a Christian community and people raising their hands. And you said, "God, I want a church like, go find a church like that." I want,
1: I want a church
0: just like that. Right. Just tell us a little bit about that, then.
1: Um, yes, I, I was in a bad place in my in my life, and uh, I was going to all the wrong places. And I thought God was in those places, but He wasn't. Um, and anyway, I was watching um, a new television set, and. Uh, it kept going up to the God channels, and I didn't even know they existed. And I was quite annoyed, because I was trying to watch Jeremy Kyle. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! Sorry, Lord. Oh, oh. Anyway, every day, for about a week, as I put the television on, it would go up to the God channel. The God channels on Revelation TV. And, and I said to my husband, the telly's on the blink, he said, it's brand new. I said, well, the battery's on the blink, because the, the, um, the control pad keeps going you know, up to the top. And he checked it, he said, no, it's New batteries, Bath, it can't be. And my, every day, I ended up looking forward to watching these programs in the morning. And um, people were joyful, and I, I, I was looking, and I thought, that's what I want. And this Jesus is what I want. This is what I've been looking for all my life, and I didn't know where he was. And so I went on the internet, and I just thought, well, I want a church like that, where they're happy, cl- <laughs> happy clappy. <laughs> And I wanted somewhere that was just happy and joyful. And looked on the internet, and I saw uh, Sea Street, and I thought, where's Sea Street? I mean, I've gone past the church, didn't even know it was a church. And one day I went there eleven years ago, and I crept in the back, and Kay was there, and um, I had a panic attack. I mean, I walked in, which was strange, and I, I come out, and I think Kay came out and got me, and she brought me in again, and I went and had another panic attack. And I went out again to the garden, and she said, "No, you come in now. Um, there's a battle going on," and I didn't understand that. I do now. And about, cut a long story short, I, I came to church, uh, received Jesus right away. Um, couldn't wait to be baptized. Couldn't wait for the Holy Spirit. Wanted everything that God had for me, just like that. And you know, it's the best thing I've ever done. And I thank God that He brought me to the beacon because. It's, it's my home, my family, and yes, not everything's perfect in my life. But you know, I had Jesus. I've got Jesus, and I just felt very blessed that he he was there for me. He was there all the time, but I didn't know he was there.
0: Thank you. Yeah. So, if Sea Street Chapel had to stop just for these two people who have been worth it. I don't think I can remember, um, apart from Paul, who became a Christian at at C3 Chapel through the Billy Graham crusade. That's right, isn't it? I can't think of anybody else who actually became a Christian. Um, Pardon? our Peter. Peter, well, yes, that's right. Well, yeah, okay, probably. Okay, well, there you go. But That's just a passing comment. But the point was... In God's purposes, some things have to die. You know, as disciples of Jesus Christ, there are some things in our lives that have to die. Hard comments that we make to people, anger, selfishness, just our way of thinking sometimes, just the way that we react sometimes. It's part of the process, but it's the life of fruitfulness. Things have to die. My preferences sometimes have to die when God's in it. It's just a principle, but you saw the way Moses did it. He came to it with a sense of purpose and glory of God in the process, and we're quite happy for someone else to take over. And that's what happens sometimes when leadership changes. Old leaderships don't like it, and they seek to tend to have control over the people. And we've seen lots of that. But sometimes, that what we hold sometimes has to die if we want to see God move on. I've seen it in my own life. You have to let go of things and let them die for God's purpose to move forward. Very quickly, the plan was that they should now cross the Jordan and go into the promised land. Boy, that was going to be a different experience of the wilderness. The history was, you know, that... Uh, God was going to take his people out of Egypt where they were slaves. They were in bondage to slavery and they needed to be free. And they had to cross the Red Sea, what was called the Red Sea. And they had to escape one night after the Passover and God parted the Red Sea to let them out. We're now coming to the Jordan and God parts the Jordan to let them in. God's power is manifest both when we come to know Jesus Christ as saviour but also as we go on to move on into discipleship and following the Lord the sea needs to part and we need to go through and we need to enter into those things which God has for us and that was going to be a totally different experience, totally different. Some preachers have called it, they were now going to learn what life in the spirit was like Other people said, well, they now are going to learn what the kingdom of heaven is like on earth. Other preachers have said, well, this is heaven, really. It's only speaking about heaven. I don't think it's that. But they were now going to experience God, his manifest presence amongst them. And I believe that's what God has for us, the speaking church. is to see and to know God's manifest presence amongst us. What do we take with us when we go? Well, it was the Ark of the Covenant. All I want to say simply is this. Whenever you read about the Ark of the Covenant in the history of the Jewish people, remember this, that it was an article of furniture, amazing in its design, costly in its worth, and a man couldn't have thought it up. Why? Why? Because that Ark of Covenant speaks of Jesus. Really, it has hidden glories of Jesus in it. We can't just wipe it out, the Bible. It's there for a reason. But this Ark, four priests had to take it and stand. They had to put their foot in the water. And the waters parted. The story when they crossed the Red Sea was that the wall of water on both sides. When they crossed the Jordan, the water was heaping on one side and it was dry on the other But whatever happened, God parted the way for them to go across. Why? Because he wanted them to move into, knowing the manifest presence of God in order that they might gain the inheritance. So as we can church, as we celebrate and remember, as we remember, let's know that God wants to move us on into something more. He wants to move us today into something more. In his name, hallelujah, thank you.